This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Monday, everybody. Players' Championship in the books. Didn't watch a lot of it, so we'll wait till Brent gets on the show to talk about that. But we are in, we're at the cusp now. We have started free agency. And so far, the Jacksonville Jaguars, for the most part, there's been some speculations. There's been some rumors out there. But the biggest news right now, and it's not a good one in my opinion, is the fact that Jonu Smith, tight end Jonu Smith of the former Tennessee Titans, is reportedly going to the New England Patriots now to play football over there. Happy to get him out of the conference, or I'm sorry, happy to get him out of the division. But John Smith was a guy that I wanted the Jaguars to target, obviously. Um, Hunter Henry is the other name on the list right now. Could they trade for Zach Ertz? Because at the end of the day, I've said this before, everybody. When it comes to free agency right now, like this team is not one free agent away from going to the Super Bowl. But there are some drastic holes that need to be filled. And one of those being, obviously, that tight end position. So losing John Smith to New England... That could be a bigger, you know, a, a bit of a big deal, depending now what happens with Hunter Henry. I think we got Brent back. What's up, Brent? Hey, what's happening, everybody? Uh, free agent frenzy. Here it is. Welcome to March. Why wait till Wednesday? Or maybe the Jags are saying wait till Wednesday. And uh, hey, back on the pickup truck action for me today uh, down here at some baseball. <laughs> And redirect. I'll share more of that story in just a little bit. But forget about free agency. Forget about everything else. Good to have you along, Austin Lane. And good to have win number eight in the cage. Congrats oh, yeah. on the W Saturday night. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that uh, that was quick, man. I mean, I spent 30 bucks to watch two and a half minutes. <laughs> hey, well, there are some other great fights, man. You should have stayed tuned to those as well. But, Brent, you know how I operate, man. Like, obviously, in this show. And, by the way, I apologize for the noise. You can hear it in the background. What is know, that? There's a guy, like, in a – it's like one of those buckets, you know, like it's, it's like a cherry-picking bucket. Oh, yeah. And he's right by the window. We could probably get him on camera. And I don't know what he's installing. Like some kind of antenna or something, but he's literally right by the window where I sit. He so, had all day. Not even a distraction at all for me. Not even a distraction whatsoever. <laughs> I, I can literally see him in the window right now. We've got a lot of things going on here. There I mean, is I'm so like, much happening. Uh, here, I'll, I'll tell you real quick. I was supposed to baseball game tonight at Ponte Vedra. I was going to do the show from there. Well, I'm en route to Ponte Vedra. They say, well, the sprinklers stayed on too long. The field's flooded. There, so I reverse course. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get to the station now. Yeah, yeah. Game's not at Ponte Vedra. They moved the game to Creekside. So uh, I was going home. Stopped home. I said, hey. You mind if I just do the game at Creekside? Why not have a little ball field in the background? And so here we are, but uh, it all came together in the last half hour. And you've got some mechanical work going on right outside the window here today. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I have no idea. But re regarding my fight, though, I'm sorry you spent that much money for about a two-minute fight on me. <laughs> but, Brent, you know how I operate, man, all right? I'm not trying to get paid by the hour when it comes to fighting. I get in, I get out, I collect the paycheck, and I'm gone. Yeah, well, uh, heck, uh, good execution. I don't Thank you. Listen, you know me. Uh, I don't know enough about it to know, um, 
first of all, I say it's a W. That's worth. That's good. Yeah. Uh, the announcers were talking like uh, that showed some of your growth in in the cage, uh, yeah. uh, the move you used, and uh, your willingness to be able to go down the back like that. And uh, which you've told me before, anyway. You you say your your game has come a long way in that respect, but um, they acknowledged it as well. Mm-hmm. And so now you uh, beat Brad Taylor for a second time and get another W and make quick work of it. But I guess that's showing your chops a little bit in the cage. Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely because obviously I'm I'm a big guy that likes to you know vi- visualize everything and I didn't see the fight going like that whatsoever. I thought it was going to be a stand up battle for a little bit. Um but you know he basically I went at him, he turned his back to me. Uh when you turn your back to me, I'm going to try to take you down. Uh I took him down from there and then I brought him back over to my cage. I could hear my coaches and everything and I mean it was just it was it was a it was a fantastic win because my my coaching was on point. Um I I had a timekeeper in my corner as well, so he was telling me okay cuz you know when you're in the cage, you can't see how much time you have left in the round yeah so i had the, the timekeeper my other teammate fat we call him um and he's not fat by the way he's small but we call him fat and uh he was telling me all right so you, you bought halfway through halfway through so i knew how much time i had to work and everything uh to go for that submission and then yeah thankfully i got the rear naked choke i understand that's probably the most aggressive submission name um you've ever heard before but it's a real thing and uh yeah it was my first uh submission of my mma career We'll talk more about the the fight in a little bit, but real, two quick things. Did yes. you think about letting him up just so you could knock him out on Saturday night? <laughs> well, it, it's funny because like when we kind of came after the, you know, when we uh, when, when, when we both stood up, he kind of pushed me a little bit jokingly. Yeah, he I did. Like I didn't. I was not expecting the push jokingly. So I'm like, oh, are we about to go at this again? I, I had no idea what to expect from that. Um, you know, it's funny because even the, the commentators mentioned this a little bit. I do jiu-jitsu a lot, right? So I'm, I'm pretty versed in it, you know. Um, I, I can roll with a bunch of high-level guys and everything. But like I said, like that was my first submission in the cage. And I'll be honest, man, in terms of feeling satisfied, like, yeah, I still got the first-round finish, and that's the most important part. I didn't take any damage. That's another important part. But if, if, if it's me and we're being honest here, it's so much more satisfying getting a KO or a TKO as opposed to getting a submission. Not to say I won't chase submissions because if they're there and they present themselves, I'll go for that. But it's so much more satisfying, at least in my shoes, uh, to get a TKO or a KO. Yeah, I hear you. By the way, I have been put in the rear naked choke hold before, so I oh, know exactly right. what that Matt, feels like. Matt Hughes, right? Matt Hughes Matt got Hughes, me. Matt Hughes, yeah. Knocked me yeah. out. I passed out right in Matt Hughes' arms. UFC legend, by the way. And yeah. that was that was on TV, by the way, so that's even worse. <laughs> uh, hey, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars appear to be on the board in free agency. Just in. Uh, with it. Mike Garofalo saying Urban and the Jags have agreed with former Chicago defensive tackle Roy Robertson Harris, three-year, $24 million deal, $14 million in guarantees. The deal for the former undrafted free agent is done, according to Garofalo. Hopefully that's the right blue check mark. And uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars on the board with Roy Robertson Harris. Uh, tell me more about Roy Robertson Harris. Yeah. Please, tell me more. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> w- okay, what I know about him, he's coming off a shoulder surgery, which he had last November. Um, I think he missed, like, almost half the season because of it. Now, what what was the contract again, Brent? Can you repeat the numbers, please? Uh, three years, 24, so about an $8 million deal. This would be what I would call pretty, for in this day and age, this is a moderate deal, right? This isn't a blockbuster deal, yeah. but a moderate deal. Okay, um... 
I'm not sure if they're going to be slating him the starter, per se. It could be more of a depth decision, but, I mean. Uh, i got to believe that's a starter. You think he's going to start? Okay. Yeah. I mean, $8 million a year for a depth play is a lot. I guess, man. Okay, well, I'll be honest. I don't know a lot about him. I think you get lost in the Cleo Max sauce sometimes. Uh, I'm looking up some stats right now and everything, but this is, you know, this is a, a news to me just because in terms of guys that I was going after or looking at, he didn't really pop up on my radar as a guy that the Jaguars should pursue. Uh, last season, pl- started in six games, played in eight games total, had ten total tackles, uh, one tackle for loss, zero sacks. In 2019, started seven games, uh, played in 15 of those games, two and a half sacks. So you're talking about a guy right now who has four years of experience, who's played in 52 games, and who has started 13 of those games. So, okay. I mean, I guess if that's going to be your starting, you know, I assume defensive end will be a 3-4 defensive end, depending on what they do. So be it. But from starting experience, I mean, obviously last year, before he got hurt, he was kind of the bona fide starter, it appears to be. But before that season, 2020, not a lot of starting experience to go around. No, uh, and that's okay. Like, these kind of deals, this is the up-and-comer guy. This, this to me, says a little bit, uh, probably not exact, but just humor me for a moment, kind of like the A.J. Boye big deal. Remember, he didn't have a lot of playing experience, but he played that last year, uh, and people were really high on him. And so I, I think this is a little bit lower level than that. I'm not saying everybody was talking about uh, Roy Robertson Harris a lot, but I, I do get the sense that this is trying to catch a guy on the rise. That That's the comparison I'm trying to make. And so where you go from that uh, depth play guy, not starting all the time, rotational guy to a guy that could get into the starting lineup. You, if you're signing a guy to an eight-year, $8 million a deal, a year deal. I think you're in the starting lineup. He played his college ball at UTEP. He's six foot five, Austin, two hundred and ninety-two pounds. The bottom line here is what I'm asking, can he clog the middle? I don't care about sacks or anything like that at this point. If they're gonna try to stop the run, which they haven't been able to do for two years, if they're going to probably play that semblance of a three four mostly, mm-hmm. is this the guy that can clog the middle uh and be be your nose? So you think he's going to be he's gonna or be, on the end? I don't know which yeah, one is. Yeah, no. Uh, listen, if, if he's six five, two ninety, and maybe he's gained a little weight, but to me that's that's going to scream defensive end at three four all on day. the outside. He's, yeah. in my opinion, if if this if this is current from what it tells me at ProFootballReference.com, six five two ninety two, that is way too small to be playing a nose technique. So okay, so the Jaguars address the three technique and the three four defense. They still need that nose. They still need that anchor. And I've been said, I've said many times on the show how important that guy would be. I wonder if this means that the Jaguars pivoted a little bit, maybe from Dalvin Tomlinson. Maybe he was asking for too much money. Maybe he's still out there. Maybe they still pursue him because I feel like Dalvin Tomlinson's a guy from the New York Giants that can play that three, four, uh, nose tackle, and that, that, that can be kind of a beast inside for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so can Devon Hamilton, right? Don't yes. you think he can play that nose at 327 well, pounds, 30 pounds more? And that's that's really where I should have gone with that. Hamilton now could play. I, I don't know if you want to rely on him as a starter right away, but let's just say he could be in that nose situation. Then you get a guy like this uh, coming over from Chicago that will play one of those end spots. 
It's it's a possibility. Um, and I also think that Devon Hamilton is athletic enough to actually play a defensive end as well in that defense. So, I th- you know, this is a guy coming from Ohio State where he played in numerous types of defenses, where he was all over the ball. He has played nose. He has played a, like, like a, a two-gap in a defensive end scheme. So he's very versatile. Uh, do you trust him to be the starting nose tackle on a 3-4 defense? I don't know. I mean... I, I haven't been around that locker room this year, uh, and neither has he. So we'll see. But I can't stress this enough. In order to have a successful 3-4 defense, you need a bona fide, legit stud of a defensive tackle at the nose technique. Um, I think Devon Hamilton can be that, but I'm not sure if I would risk it right off the bat starting him day one. Where does uh, Avery Jones fit, assuming he's still on the roster? Can he play the nose or is he going to be one of those end spots too? I mean, I, I need cookie cutter guys. I need if you make if you play hit three twenty eight or over, you're playing the nose. It's just not the way that it works anymore. No, Everybody's no, so not. versatile, so it's hard to kind of say True. this guy's going to go exactly right here. You know. To answer your question, Avery Jones is a legit nose tackle. I don't think he would be playing a, a three four defensive end, and, and that's no knock on his skill set. I just think that that's what Avery's always played. Um, you know, I think that in terms of, of age and, you know, obviously having a lot of years of experience in the NFL, I think he's more comfortable playing that nose than a 3-4 defensive end. So if you're asking the question, like, what does it look like? Like, name a player who's just a legit nose tackle. Avery Jones would be that guy. Yeah, and he's a little lighter than Devon Hamilton, but not as athletic as what you're telling me. Yes, correct. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, exactly. Okay, fair yeah. enough, and that's fine. I mean, yeah. some people have different traits, but so what I'm trying to do is I piece this thing together, Austin. Is I say, okay, you got a couple guys capable of playing that nose because mm-hmm. that's where this three-four defense really starts, right? I mean, you've got to be able to clog that middle. He's got to be able to take up a lot. I think of the Vince Wilforks of the world, right? You got to be able to do that, and then you bring over this guy from Chicago, who, by the way, the more Things are popping on social media. Uh, Chicago fans rave about him. Um, it does look like that rising star kind of guy that they're trying to grab at, at a good time and for a decent price and then get the most out of him. And so now this fits on one of those sides. Uh, you said the three technique, and you've already got these four guys that can play at that 3-4 that part with the linebackers with Miles Jack and Schobert and, and Chason and Josh Allen. And so now you start plugging people into that depth chart, and it can make a little bit more sense. Still need to do a little bit more work, probably a lot more work, but this is the first puzzle piece for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and what they will most likely show are shades of this 3-4 look. Yeah, and listen, there's still plenty of time left in free agency, obviously, but... Urban Meyer said it himself, the defensive line needs to be addressed, and right, this is an example right now of the Jacksonville Jaguars addressing the defensive line. So is it going to be the only piece? I doubt it. I, I, I'm sure more guys are coming. Um, do we know exactly, because there's a couple guys last year, so obviously Gunter is out, but Al Woods, is Al Woods technically still on the team, or how does that work, Brent? Do you know? Well, he would have to be reinstated, uh, and I think Urban Meyer addressed this last week. I can't remember at which session. I want to say it was last Tuesday when he met with the media on that Zoom call, and he said he's not sure where all those guys stand. Okay. I do think we have to take the Gunther situation and say he's never playing football again. Yeah. That just seemed too severe to me, man. Like, they caught that at the right time. It was good. He got lucky. The, the tone of his messaging out of that was he's never playing football again, in my view. So I've kind of said, okay, gosh, I hope he's healthy for the rest of his life, but I don't think he's playing football. 
Al Woods comes in as what, like an 11-year guy? This would be really year 12 after missing last year and opting out. Big body guy. I think there's potential for him to be back on this roster, but I do think you start to wonder about aging out and and how much is left, and after missing a year, I think all those things come into play. New regime, of course, too, and how they view him, and a new defense, although he's such a big body, you'd figure in a 3-4 he'd be able to fit in as well. So to answer your question, I don't have an answer. I don't think Urban Meyer had an answer, but I do think we have to at least put those guys on the back burner until we know something more about them. No, I mean, you have to keep his name... You know, just in the realm, just because if he was to come back, obviously, right there, there's another depth or maybe even a starter at the nose tackle position. Like, when we start breaking down this 3 4 defense more and more, Brent, as the, you know, as the season progresses here and as we ramp up to the draft and everything, you're going to hear me say a lot about savviness. And that to me is what the nose tackle is all about. It's savviness. You don't have to be the most explosive player out there. Like, uh, yeah, first step obviously helps, and athleticism obviously helps. And if you can rush the passer, well, then more power to you. But that's not what you need out of a 3-4 nose tackle. What you need is a crafty veteran presence who is savvy enough to be like, okay, my job is to take on double teams and take up space. No, I'm probably going to have five or six or seven or eight sacks this season, and that's okay. That's not my job. My job is to occupy space. And we mentioned a guy like Avery Jones. We mentioned a guy like Al Woods. Like those guys, and once again, no knock on their skill sets or where they are at their careers right now, but you think of savviness and you think of the ability to essentially clog the holes. Yeah, I think so too. I, I that's how it's all about up there, and and I do think it's worth. We have talked about this, but I do think it's worth uh, saying again. In the, you, you got to be a little careful to sound like we did last year, me especially. But they were trying so hard to stop the run last year and get better against the run. Well, they failed again, Austin. Like yes. they tried, but they failed. They put all this emphasis on stopping the run, and they failed. That's where it starts once again for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They cannot be obliterated in the run game like they have been for the last two seasons. You can't succeed. You play catch-up too much. You can't stop anybody. You get in third and three situations, and that's impossible as a defense to continuously get off the field. So they have to fortify their front seven. They have to be beefy up front to be able to handle the run game. And so all of this points to that, at least with the defensive line to begin with. You can throw in there that he can get pressures. You can throw in there that you might see him get to the quarterback here or there. I think that's fine. But if I'm in that Jags building, I want the guy that can stop the run, fortify against the run, and make sure we're not embarrassed in Jacksonville against the run to give us a chance in the back end. I've spoken on this before a little bit, and believe me, Joe Cullen will make sure that he has guys out there that are able to stop the run. Because if the, if there's not, then he's going to find those guys. Like If he has to put his hand through a wall to find guys, he's going to find guys to stop the run. But Joe Cullen takes pride in that. I think Urban Meyer does as well. I think that defense uh, of coaching staff is all on the same page when, yes, quarterback sacks, turnovers, those things are all important. But you still win the, the game of football in the trenches. And you have the AFC South Division, who's going to feature some pretty good running backs this up and coming year. So you got to stop the run. There's going to be an overemphasis on that point, and I'm not mad at it. We also have a little breaking news in terms of Tony, you How about Tony this? I'm reading the same thing right now. Tony Khan's clapping back on people right now. I like it. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah. There were a couple of reports out of Baltimore. Uh, this one from the Baltimore Beatdown, who obviously covers the Raid, Raid, uh, Ravens. Excuse me. Multiple non-reputable sources saying Ravens and Jaguars are near a trade. Zeus, meaning Orlando Brown Jr., going to his Jacks. 
DJ Chark being traded to Baltimore. Hoping for something more concrete before a post is made. We want to acknowledge the rumors. Thank you for acknowledging the rumors. We yes. appreciate that, Baltimore Beatdown. Very nice of you to acknowledge the rumors, meaning we wanted to be in the mix just in case it really does happen. That's an acknowledgment <laughs> of the rumors. That's today's journalism. We get it. Tony then claps back and says, here's something concrete. That's the biggest load of crap I've ever read. That's 100% false. I guess DJ Chark isn't going anywhere because Tony Khan is basically saying he ain't going anywhere. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you could have said that a lot of ways, but hey, I appreciate the style. You know, he's been, been he's being featured on Impact Wrestling a little bit, talking smack with them. Maybe he was in the AEW mode. I'm not mad at it, though, man. At least he set the precedent. Address the rumors. I'll be li- I'm not going to lie, Brent. Like, I saw that tweet earlier this this afternoon about the Baltimore beatdown, saying that the the, the Jaguars might trade away some a first round draft pick and DJ Chark, and you better believe that I had all my gifts, I had all my videos ready to go because I thought the role was gonna fall if that was gonna happen. We're okay. Tony Khan addressed the rumors. We're all good, uh, and it's all calm on the Western Front again. Like that was the I had a bad feeling in my stomach when I read that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, listen, I, I I will say this. I saw that report and I really gave it no credence because I can't get over the. I know we 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 had these conversations last week, but I just think I'm right on this front. Okay, I I, I think the once again even Friday at the Players Championship, Urban Meyer said good things about Cam Robinson. He's had conversations with Cam. They see a high ceiling for Cam. They think his best football's in front of him for Cam Robinson. They have committed to Cam Robinson with the franchise tag. And yes, folks, I understand you can rescind the tag. Yes, you can. But that's also viewed, and I would, Austin, you weren't here to say it, but I, I think I spoke for you. I think players would view even the rescinding of a tag, even though they don't always love the tag, as kind of bad business. Don't offer me that, and then three days later, take it away. Yeah. You know, that's the equivalent to me of offering a kid a scholarship and taking it away. You do it sometimes, but it's bad business. I don't think that's the way Urban Meyer, Trent Baalke, and the rest want to start the tone of this new regime, this new era. It doesn't make sense. You can't go profess your love for the offensive line. We did see Andrew Norwell's contract get restructured, but he obviously was never getting traded. So those talks... This team, this franchise, whether you like it or not, they like their offensive line. They kept their offensive line coach, Tim Warhop. They want the continuity for their rookie quarterback and franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. And some of that makes sense to me. I'm not telling you Orlando Brown isn't better than Cam Robinson. He is. That would be a better player. But they're not doing that, and they're also not going to give up a nice young piece on offense and take away from Trevor Lawrence. It made no sense. Yeah, and I'm with you. Like, you know, you know me, though. I guess I'm a little more naive now. Obviously, I checked the verified account and everything, and it all checked <laughs> out. But I was still worried, man. Uh, I don't want the Jaguars to lose DJ Chark. Like you said, I think he's a, he's a great building piece. He's a great foundation piece. And the last thing you want to do right now in a new regime is trade those guys away. Well, Tony Khan says... It ain't happening. DJ Chark's not going anywhere, so put to bed that rumor of the day. And get used to those kind of rumors, all right? That's what's going to happen over the next 72 hours. It's kind of the fun of it in a way, but you also have to be a little bit careful. And we have to continue to say, even Roy Robertson-Harris over from Chicago, the Jags' first free agent signing, is reported by Mike Garofalo. Very trusted report. But it's reported. It won't become official if it does happen until sometime most likely on Wednesday, and it could even be further than that. 
More reaction to the Roy Robertson-Harris signing. What does it mean for the Jaguars? We'll keep you posted around the league. The Patriots making big waves, plus a little recap of the players. we got a lot to get to on a Monday, a fun Monday, here from St. John's County to the Action Sports Shack Studios. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. And I'm going to regurgitate it to you. I'm like a mother bird right now, and I'm spewing it in your mouth. Brent Martineau. we got doves flying and mother birds I'm, all week. I'm, I mean. I'm trying to baby bird you right now, man. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is why I tease stuff and don't get to it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. After 15 years in the Saints and 20 years in the NFL, our dad is finally going to retire. So we can spend more time with us. Yay! Yeah, well, your dad used foul language with me. (laughs) Had some very graphic words that he called me one time, but okay. You guys yeah. enjoy retirement. They might have to tone that down in the house. Better tone that down in the house, Drew. That's all I'm going to say. Forward. Ain't going to fool me. Yeah. But no, congratulations, Drew Brees. <laughs> Speaking of, like, we swore a couple times over the weekend, and the kids heard it, and Kaylee got, like, all mad at us. For she's swearing? Like, yeah, she's like, if you guys are going to keep doing that, that's not acceptable. <laughs> whoa, 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 <laughs> Kaylee. <laughs> Kaylee, like, come I on! I was like, "What are we doing here?" What? <laughs> but like, talking What's going to you, on here? Talking to like a guidance counselor? Like, oh honest, yeah, it was totally like role that? reversal. Yeah, it was, it was wild. It That's was like, a trip. especially coming from like Kayla, I was just a little surprised. I figured she'd be like spouting right back at us. Sure, interesting. But uh, all right, uh, Roy Robertson Harris. Get yes. used to the name. Uh, another dual namer. The seamstress at Jaguars won't like that. Uh, with a hyphen. <laughs> Takes a little more time. You were nice and easy, Austin Lane. Oh, you better believe it. In and out, man. You know what it is. L-A-N-E. Let's go. Uh, so, uh, Jags get a defensive tackle. And, again, a lot of people are liking this move. I, I'm, I'm not going to kid you here. Um, he wasn't tops on the radar. And so we thought with all the big money and the big primary spot of defensive line, we thought maybe the Tomlinson or obviously a Leonard Williams before he got tagged or one of those kind of players would be more in line to mm-hmm. be maybe a blockbuster first-day move for the Jags. This is not what you would categorize as a blockbuster, but it's being well-received by many, including Jags fans, the more work you do on Roy Robertson-Harris. And it looks like, the best way I can categorize this, again, is a guy that played as a rotational guy, depth guy, for the most part, did have some starts, but was very productive in his role and is ready to take that next step. So they could be getting a rising star here in Jacksonville. We'll see. Uh, but so far, pretty well-received move for the Jaguars. We will talk to Drew Brees a little bit more coming up later on. If you've seen the rumors about DJ Chark and folks out of Baltimore talking about Orlando Brown, ain't happening. Tony Khan just dismissed that on social media. So don't worry about DJ Chark. That's what else has happened in the first half, or half hour here of our show, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 on a Monday. Free agency, you know, uh, begins on Wednesday in full earnest in terms of official stuff at 4 o'clock. But it really started today at noon. We know the reports will start to fly. Uh, legal tampering, if you will, can start. It can only start with the agent, not the player, unless the player doesn't have any representation. Guys like Richard Sherman can talk directly to the teams. So it started at noon, and here we go. The Patriots have been very active. We'll get into that part coming up uh, along the way. But I think really the headline outside of the first signing or first reported signing for the Jacksonville Jaguars 
is the tight end position. Brett Martineau here, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. Jonu Smith inks a deal with the New England Patriots, Austin. Yeah. How much pressure right now? Well, first of all, how much does that surprise you? And secondly, how much pressure right now do you think the Jaguars are under to, to sign Hunter Henry, Gerald Everett, someone like that, and, and make a splash or make any kind of signing in the tight end room? You know, I, I'm a little surprised. I'm not sure in terms of the list of priorities what fell in what place for Jonu Smith. Uh, maybe he's wanting to get out of the division. It could be a possibility. Going to New England where, you know, the quarterback situation is kind of a mystery. They did re-sign Cam Newton, but we kind of saw what Cam Newton brought to the table last year. So from Jonu Smith's perspective, I'm I'm a little baffled at it. Now, he's making good money, and sometimes money is the most important thing. But I have a hard time believing that the Jacksonville Jaguars didn't offer him as much, if not even more, to come play, you know, here in, in, in Jacksonville. So uh, I'm really curious to see, you know, when they interview John U. Smith, what went in the decision to go to the Patriots. Well, what's interesting there, Austin, too, is you go to a Patriots team that really is uh, void of a quarterback. Yeah. Like, so he's going into an empty space. Uh, yeah, okay, Cam Newton. But come on, we know Cam Newton's not the future of that team. Uh, so what they are doing, obviously a ton of respect for the Patriots and for Bill Belichick, so I can see that. But what they, you know, what's going to happen there for your career versus maybe going to a place like Jacksonville, knowing what the quarterback situation could be like and knowing that you are so needed in that room because they don't have much. It's an interesting decision um, what it did come down to, and we really don't know uh, how mm-hmm. much the Jags were after him. We just knew that was one of the big names out there. But now it shifts. Okay, he ends up in New England. By the way, New England's spending some money. Matt Judon as well going to the New England Patriots, according to another report. Uh, that's the latest. Patriots are spending some money, and they have a lot of it to spend. Jaguars been a little bit more conservative to this point uh, with the one signing for $24 million over three years. But we said this all last week. From a perception standpoint, whether this is reality or not, from a perception standpoint, they don't get Hunter Henry. And they don't get John New Smith. It feels like you lost free agency. Like you have to beef up that tight end room. There are other ways to go. You could trade for Zach Ertz. You could pick up uh, Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph. You could go get Everett. But it just felt like with those two blockbuster guys out there, Hunter Henry doesn't get tagged. He's available. That you could get Smith or Henry. How much pressure on the Jags to get somebody? and maybe even to get Hunter Henry over the next day or so. Yeah, there definitely is some pressure. Um, In my opinion, Hunter Henry, he's in the tier above everybody else right now. You know, I had Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith uh, in that same tier. I think when Zach Ertz is healthy, he could be considered in that same tier. tier. But it it just begs the question in terms of health going forward with Zach Ertz and the injuries that he's had. So you lose out on Jonu Smith. And obviously tight end is, if not the most pressing priority, next to defensive tackle. So you lose John U. Smith, so you're essentially left with either Zach Ertz or Hunter Henry. I think Gerald Everett could be intriguing, but to me, he's just a tier below uh, what John U. Smith or Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Henry could be. And then we bring up a guy like Kyle Rudolph. I'll be honest, and, and maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe Vikings fans could tell me differently, but I just feel like Kyle Rudolph is like another Tyler Eifert that you're bringing on the team. Yeah, now, I agree. Now, now maybe you know you get more out of him in a new offense with Trevor Lawrence. But if the Jaguars were to announce that the big tight end signing is going to be Kyle Rudolph, I'll be honest with you, Brent, that does absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I think that's what you just said is right. Hunter Henry trade for Zach Ertz uh, and or get like an Everett. I think would would at least appease people. I think it starts with Henry. 
Yeah. It might then go to Ertz because of the name, although I wonder if Everett's a better player at this stage of things. Uh, and so the bottom line is, the overall question is, I still think there's a ton of pressure on the Jaguars and their front office right now to go get something in the tight end room. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. They have Josh Oliver. You could get somebody else in the draft. So you don't need multiple people at this stage of it in the tight end room, even if you want to rebuild it, because there's a good chance somebody else on that roster sticks, Austin, from a special teams to a blocking standpoint. Uh, so somebody else could stick, even though it's not a, a name you're going to fall in love with. That happens. could be your fourth tight end. You still want to see what you have in Josh Oliver, because quite frankly, we haven't seen a darn thing with a third-round pick. And then if you could get something substantial that we could grab onto, like it hurts because of his name, or Henry because, well, production, and we'll dismiss the injuries for now, or Everett because, well, you signed him, gave him some money, and we can believe in that. I think it's vital. It's It's really... There's so much good momentum around here. I don't know how vital it is internally to make you a better football team right away, but we know that room has been missing so much. I think it would tell the fans a lot we're trying to fix this darn room, and it all starts this week, in my opinion. No, it, it absolutely does, and I understand there's there's still intrigue for Josh Oliver because we haven't really seen anything from him yet due to the injuries and stuff like that, but... And listen, I hope Josh Oliver comes out, and I hope he's a pro bowler one day. I really do. But you're going to be naive to think, okay, we're we're, we're going to pen Josh Oliver as our starter, and we're going to be okay going forward. Because we haven't seen him in a lot of games. We don't know what type of run blocker he is, because in college that was kind of his thing where he's aggressive and he's he's willing to learn, but he's not the best run blocker. He's a good pass catcher, but we also need a run blocker here. So, like, in terms of the depth right now, I mean – I don't care who the tight end like, You just need more tight ends. It's as simple <laughs> as that. Now, that's one thing. But then, obviously, you're bringing in Trevor Lawrence, and you're bringing in this whole new offense and stuff like that. You want to get, I don't want to say a bona fide, but you want to get a, a tight end that is going to command the defense's attention. That when you're sitting in those defensive meetings going against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got to put that tight end on the board and say, all right, guys, we got to stop this guy a little bit. we got to shut him down. We have to know where he is at all times. When's the last time the Jacksonville Jaguars had that? Probably really, you, you can make the case never. Back in 2010, maybe, maybe, maybe. You can, you can really, if you want, and I love Mercedes, but you can make the case never. Yeah. I mean, you, you can really go all the way back and probably make the case. Haven't had that, not the way the game's played now. You yeah. know, not the guy, not with like Darren Waller, not with the way Hunter Henry has been when he's healthy, uh, not with the way Gronk has helped change the game, not with the way Kyle Pitts might come into this league. You know, there's. No, they just haven't had that. And and they've just been void of good production. And all you have to do is look at most of the good teams in the league have production and good production at that spot. It's such a nice weapon to have for your quarterback, especially a young quarterback, a franchise quarterback that you're going to add in about six weeks or so. All right, I'll, I'm going to put you on the spot like this. We'll both answer this question. What do you want to see happen? Not what do you think will happen. What would you want to see happen? What would make you the most happy? Yes. Go get Hunter Henry and take a risk on the injuries. Go trade for Ertz or go sign Everett. If you're asking me right now, I'm going Hunter Henry. He was always the guy I wanted in the first place. I understand there might be a little injury concern, but I'm going to risk it, and I'm going Hunter Henry. Yeah, it's a risky business in free agency anyway. I kind of agree with you. If I think like the organization, I'm probably staying away from Henry. If it's my money I'm spending, I think that's too much of a risk. 
So I could see if they land in Everett or maybe try to make a trade for Earth. They have so much draft capital, and people know that they want him out in, in Philly or he wants out. He's not going to end up there. So I would think the organizationally, I'd probably put more money on like a move for Everett yeah. at this stage. But I, in the way I asked the question, I'm worth, I, I, you know what? For right now, let's get this room right and try Hunter Henry. Go for the splash. You know, they tried it years ago with Thomas, Julius Thomas. It didn't work, but at least they tried, right? It turned out to be a bad signing. But at least they tried to get a plus player in the room, and, and it didn't work. you got to keep trying. It's just such a bad room right now for the Jags and has been uh, for way, way well, too long. All right, I'll tell you what, Brent, we also got some more news we'll bring back uh, when we come back from the break here. Mike Groff will report in the Jacksonville Jaguars have uh, they're bringing somebody else to town now as well. Oh, it's let's reported. go get it. We'll yeah. talk about it when we come back. Got to keep on Twitter, but you got to stay with us. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 rolls on on Free Agency Monday. Next. 12 years old, got my, my dad here with me. Uh, 12 years old, I was a big WWE fan. Yeah. I loved it, thought it was 100% real. So did I. And um, big Triple H fan, CM Punk, he's fighting here tonight. I was a big fan of his. He showed me a UFC fight one time, and I don't know if you guys remember WWF, WWE. You know, you can have a belt, fight a random match, and <laughs> it wouldn't even count. And he said, look, them, them dudes holding those belts, this for the championship every time they fight. And this is real stuff. They're not flipping tables and going crazy with right. chairs, all this that stuff. this is real deal. And just to see that, that it's a sport, but it's real. It's real fighting. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It just attracted me. I've done a little bit of MMA uh, training just to see how it was, and it, I gotta say, it's the hardest training oh, yeah. in the world. Those guys out there, they they put everything into it. Um, I've done boxing as a training, um, and it's it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Hmm. I'm not getting this one. Hmm. That sounds like an NFL guy. That's that's kind of. Flirted a little bit with the MMA. Mm-hmm. It's not Austin Lane. Nope. Uh, do you know who it is? I do. Is Am I right? It's an NFL guy? It's an NFL guy. <sighs> it's going to be a big guy. Tight end, probably. Uh, I'm not going to get it. I, I don't even know where to go with it. Brent, that would be Roy Robertson Harris. <laughs> Roy Robertson Harris. Yes, yes. So, hey, I can't wait to get him in the gym, man, for his off-season workouts. That's hey, fine. I got you, man. Hey, no, all, all the credit, seriously, all the credit goes to uh, Kevin from Duval sent me that video on Twitter. Very good. You guys have something in common. So, yeah. Thank you, man. I passed it on to Coos, and then we delivered it to you farm fresh. But, no, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Hey, you know what I was thinking? Uh, Roy Robertson Harris, by the way, a guy that jags, uh, you know, reportedly signed. Nothing official, but he signs. He's a defensive tackle from Chicago, going to probably play on that outside of that 3-4 on that front. Um, And some people are saying he's 6-7, Austin. I saw him listed at 6-5. But if he is 6-7, and let's just... I mean, just for the heck of this conversation, well, six seven two ninety five or something. Yeah. Well, now you're talking about a guy who's starting to resemble like Calais. Yeah. You know, because Calais like six eight three hundred would play sometimes over three hundred, sometimes under three hundred. Yeah. So that's the kind of body you're talking, kind of athlete you're talking at six seven. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean he can't play like Calais at six five. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a visual, folks. Once I once you say six seven. 295 or 292, whatever it is, I start thinking Calais's body. 6'5", I start thinking some other people's body. It just That makes a difference to me. No, I mean, listen, two inches can make a difference. And when you think of 6'7", you think of, well, what does Calais Campbell do a great job of doing? Getting those big paws up and knocking footballs down. 
So I'm trying to find, like, if he's got any combine numbers, like the official um, height numbers. I'm still looking that up right now. But, I mean, hey, if he's 6'7", yeah, go ahead and give me that length, give me that reach all day. Uh, so we got a couple other signings. Jamal Agnew, and this just in just moments ago from Tom Pelissero, Jaguar strike again. They're signing safety Rudy Ford to a two-year, $4 million deal. Now that seems like a depth play. Rudy Ford from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who, again, God bless you if you know a lot about him. Yeah. But uh, six foot, 205-pound safety for the Eagles, according to Pelissero. Uh, he's a six-round pick out of Auburn back in 2017. The other signing that uh, just happened before the break, and you tease Jamal Agnew, this seems like a special team signing, although it's a decent amount of money where they might see him on the offensive end from a gadget play or just a speed play. Remember, Urban Meyer said he wants speed at the wideout position, yes. wants speed on the field, but he, has, he emphasized speed at the wideout position that they can get better at. And so Jamal Agnew uh, played at San Diego, uh, signed with the Detroit Lions, He's got like five career return touchdowns, mostly punt return touchdowns. I see him as a punt returner first, Austin, although the deal, reported deal, uh, could be worth like $21 million, I think I saw. That would seem to indicate they want to put him on the offense a little bit and run some things with him. But keep in mind, this guy just transitioned from cornerback to receiver last May. Yeah. He was a corner just making the move to receiver. So an interesting signing with Agnew for the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, without a doubt. Um, but with Jamal Agnew, I'm reading right here, so at his pro day, ran a sub 4-4. Uh, so, I mean, that goes to show you how fast that dude is. Um, I think he's a guy definitely brought in for special teams purposes, but with that money, you could probably do some gadget stuff with him as well. Obviously doesn't bode well for Ke- Keelan Colvin going forward. Yeah. Right, Brent, you'd think? I, mean, I think it, you're right there. It's all but on the board where he's probably going to go someplace else. Hey, here's what I – okay, so take – it's interesting from a return standpoint. We're going to get into a lot more of this. But think about, I think, back to Urban Meyer at Florida, Percy Harvin, even Brandon James. He, he really emphasized the return game in, at the college level. And what he had there was just dynamic guys. Well, this guy already, since he got into the league, has five return touchdowns. And we know kickoff return is really a lost – art anyway. It doesn't happen much anymore. But punt return can be a special weapon for you. So it's an interesting signing to beef up special teams. But how they use him on offense potentially and how they use that speed, I feel like it's more of a gadget kind of role. Um, and, and I'm trying to everything that we do now is relevant to the Kansas City Chiefs. So this isn't Tyreek Hill because of the speed, mm-hmm. but could they use him like they use like a Sammy Watkins, like behind the line of scrimmage or something like that? I'm trying to find out where I could picture this guy on their offense because you already have LaVisca Chenault who can do a lot of different things. Yeah, you know, I mean, like we're getting at, I think that you're getting a guy who's a versatile returner, um, and then if you throw him in with a gadget play, so be it. But I think this is a guy primarily being brought in to do what he does best, and that's special teams. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, the, the Rudy Ford one, too, is interesting because what they're doing here early on is signing special teams a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, because that, when you get a safety for two years, four million, that's like a, that's a special teams play probably, too, or a backup or a depth play at safety. Yeah. Uh, so they've got a lot of young guys at safety we just don't know about uh, or don't know enough about after the draft of last year. I shouldn't say a lot of young guys, but they got some. So special teams, a target. Right off the rip for Urban Meyer. Well, we haven't really heard talk about special teams a lot. Yeah. But he's speaking with actions here on day one of free agency. 
by signing some of these guys. All right, let's take a break. We talk more about them. Jags basically have three guys on the roster, according to reports. Not yet official, but we're going to talk like it is. <laughs> how does it fit? Plus, a couple of thoughts on Drew Brees and how he helped change the game the way it is today. I think it's pretty significant. And one, how it relates to the Jacksonville Jaguars. All on the way. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 on a Monday.